Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think, you know, every kid wants to go number one. Our dreams is going number one in the draft. Um, you know, uh, before the combine, I was, you know, kind of mid, you know, 13 or 15 or whatever, mid first round. And then when I leave, it's like everybody's, you know, you're going, you're going first. Like, it, you know, it's kind of, um, everybody can say that, but at the end of the day, I can't approach it that way. Um, going in with the same mindset of, you know, just whatever happens, happens. And, you know, it's grateful to be here. You know, I just got to work hard and just prove myself at the next level. But if I, you know, if I do go number one, that, you know, it'd be pretty special. than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com presented by the choctaw casino and resort in durant now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob Welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 brought to you by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. And uh, we're almost all here. Josh has got the week off, uh, taking uh, taking a little staycation time, I think, cleaning the house, doing stuff that the wife wants. But, uh, man, we have been through, I think, spring football boot camp over the last seven days. Uh, pro day yesterday. Uh, we had to practice the day before. Uh, it all kinds of stuff for us to get to, but... Uh, let's start it out. Uh, welcome in, guys. Eddie, Bob, how are you guys? Are you, are you alive? Hello. Are you holding up? I am. I I, I can't. Sort of. I, I just it, I just dawned on me that I've been bitching about working and stuff, and I was in New Orleans all weekend. I didn't even go to the football stuff over the weekend. So yeah, thanks. No problem. I'm just glad to be alive. Uh, Happy to be here. I am glad that you're alive. How was the How was the Bachelor weekend? It's great. New Orleans is fun. Wedding still on. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> as far as I know, uh, there might be a divorce amongst the party as far as uh, one of the uh, travelers amongst us. Isn't that always the way it works? Like, there's one guy that does something on your bachelor party that his, like, he gets off the leash, uh, yeah. and usually yes. his wife is Basically pretty what tight, and they get off the leash, and they just do something stupid. Yeah, I think th- I think this one's pretty cool, and even... Even after this, I, I think that basically uh, we went to a club and... This is dangerous, by the way. A, a dangerous club. <laughs> this is dangerous because... Along Bourbon have, Street. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is this story is dangerous because take it from me. I told the bachelor party story. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how much I can say. I, I, mm, I don't know how much they listen, someone that you though. know. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, did. yeah, yeah. And the worst thing that he did is he puked all over his hotel room. That's all right. But... It's not, but his credit card was on the room, which his wife found yeah, out. It's about. never good. So then you get the extra charges. You know, the wife says, "I'm sure this is how it works." I wouldn't know, but the wife, I'm sure, says, "Okay, you, honey, you can go on the bachelor party. Once you have a good time, but uh, stay. Don't no Frank the Tank. You know, mm-hmm. put that away. Uh, it, let's not do anything crazy." And when she sees a bill come back for fifteen hundred dollars for a four hundred night or you know four hundred dollar a night hotel room. She wonders what the hell you've done. And then you have to explain. Well, he didn't have to explain because I told the story on the radio and then she found out uh, that he got so hammered that he puked all over the room. I, I think that my man would take that outcome over what Ooh, ended up happening yeah. to him. Ouch. He woke up Saturday morning and didn't have a cell phone, didn't have mm. a credit card, mm. and didn't have a driver's license. Mm. Three things that you usually need in New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, he was he indoors or outdoors when he woke up. He was indoors. Did he have pants on? I I don't know, but he that's still a little bit of a question mark on how he got into the room mm-hmm. without anything. But that leaves a lot to the imagination. I like this. Yeah, it wasn't good for him. Was and he lured there? Was he robbed? I have no idea. We have no idea. And needless to say, he uh, he took a early exit from the party. And uh, went ahead to the airport. Was his butt sore the night? 
I don't know. I I don't think so. But it wasn't uh, it wasn't good. But other than that, so he it was left, pretty good. He left early. Yeah, he had to leave early. But he got summoned home, basically. Basically, I think is how it, <laughs> how that worked. But it was. That is uh, so bad. It's kind of like what we've talked about when we've gone down there for the Sugar Bowl, and I guess it was a little bit on a mini or a little bit a miniature scale as far as two days in New Orleans yeah, is. That's plenty. plenty. It's kind of like four days in Vegas is too many. That's yes. way too many. Yeah, yes, like it three is. is maximum. I will say though that. New Orleans, as far as like going out to eat and stuff, I can't beat I, it. I don't know if you can beat it. Which, as picky as you are as an eater, I'm surprised. I know, I know. Because it's, it's kind of weird. Seafood. Yeah, and... it's kind of weird. I would kill somebody for grilled oysters, though. I think. I like grilled oysters, and I don't even I'm like. I don't even like person. regular oysters. Yeah, I'm the not, grilled oysters, I'm, though, those are good. I'm telling you, you get Eddie out at a nice restaurant with some um, good alcohol. And you can get him to do just about anything. I've taken him to a vegan feast before that he survived. Yeah, that wasn't bad. And I think he enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It was Where fun. they were lighting aromas around us as we ate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. In Oklahoma County, nonetheless. Plus, I didn't make him pay outside. for it, which really would have damped Yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I liked it so much. The, we, we did go to a steakhouse on Friday night, and uh, it was right on Bourbon Street. Really nice place. And, you know, it... Did you hit up any emerald? It places? wasn't too expensive, so we went back the next night. Hmm. And that's, of course, a precursor meal for late night crystals because that's what you do on Bourbon Street. I really enjoyed Manning's. New what Orleans was... is lost on me. I'm, I'm going to admit it. Not a seafood guy. Never have been. I surprised to learn that I actually like gator. Gator's good. We had some gator, like gator bites or whatever. Mm-hmm. The most New Orleans I get is... Etouffee, is that is how you say it? My parents love razoos. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll go there. That's as New Orleans as I get. New Orleans is fun. It's a good town. It's probably on top of my bowl destination. I guess, you know, we're far better enough than away. Miami. Like, if we get some into the Sugar Bowl anytime soon, we could probably handle it. It's better than Miami. 100%. Well, Miami, you don't, you're not anywhere. You're not really in Miami. Right. That's true. I guess that you don't I've really had a bad enjoy, perception like, of Miami because we stay in Fort Lauderdale. Like That's the Orange the, Bowl's fault. If you're at the Sugar Bowl, you're in New Orleans. Like, you literally are staying two blocks from Bourbon Street. Oh, you don't need and a car. You're yeah. Wa- yeah, you're walking the entire week. I'm a big fan of it. If Miami, now, if Miami, if we were staying on South Beach, we'd probably have a different opinion. That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, okay, so what has happened the last couple of days? Uh, we're podcasting on a Thursday, which we don't like doing. We'd rather podcast on a Wednesday, but yesterday was insane. Uh, it started with uh, Pro Day at 8.30. You guys got up. Bob got there first. Eddie and I hustled down there after our radio was over. Uh, it really didn't start on time. It didn't start <laughs> on time. Uh, and uh, let's just start from the beginning because, uh, you know, Lincoln, I thought it was interesting, kind of he decreed exactly how some things were going to go with uh, with testing and measurements and stuff. And he was really doing it to protect his guys, I guess you could say. But here's Lincoln kind of explaining why they only did weights uh, for the guys that went to the combine. We're pretty standard with all our guys. If they've been to the combine, listen, they weigh, they, they, they measure everything you can measure on a human being and do it to the, I mean, it's as tight as, you'll you'll measure the shortest you'll ever measure in your life at the combine. So there's just really not a whole lot of sense in putting all these guys that have just been measured, hand sizes, height, all the different measurements that they take. There's not much sense in doing that. Now we do weights on the guys because certainly in a couple of weeks your your weight can fluctuate. So they got weights on all our guys, but we did not, uh, uh, we did not let them measure anything with any of our combine guys. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, and, you know, I, there's there's two ways you can go with that. And I think it, if you want to be a truther and say that there's no way that Kyler measured that, you can say, well, Lincoln Riley didn't want anyone to measure because he, he knows Kyler's not really as tall as he measured at the combine. But... I was talking to Dusty Dvorak today, and he said he's never measured shorter than when he measured at the Combine. Like, that's going to be the shortest you ever measure, is when you go to the Combine. Just the thought of somebody out there that thinks that there's some kind of conspiracy or that they didn't measure him correctly is mind-blowing to me. 
They're standing in front of like 50 people in that room, aren't they? At the combine? I've I've got some people <clears throat> in my Twitter mentions saying there's a guy that said, Kyler, I got you. Right before he stepped up at the at the combine. So yes, there are people out there. Uh well, one of those conspiracy people was Dean Blevins. Uh and he asked a question of Kyler Murray during his press guy. We might as well just go full in on Dean right now. I even bumped up the audio so you could hear the question. Uh, clearly. We can explain why you and the guys that went to the combine didn't pre-measure. But yours is a little bit different because you got critics chirping uh, about the measurement not being right. And then uh, I just wondered what, what your personal thinking was on it or whether it was close decision or not. I mean, I went to the NFL combine, got measured. They're supposed to be, I mean, they're the you know the best of the best. They're, they do everything right. Uh, that's what they got me at. Um, that's what it is. I don't know why I would need to do it again. Or, um, you know, I don't really listen to everybody or what they say outside. I mean, kind of heard everybody saying that it's made up or whatever. But, I mean, if that's the case, then they're questioning the NFL's credibility, which I don't, I, I wouldn't. But, you know, I think they got it right. I wish Kyler would have just looked at Dean and said, It's the fucking NFL combine, idiot. Are you one of those critics? Because there's. Like there, it's yeah, been what, mentioned here's once. Like critics are talking. What critics? I haven't exactly. <laughs> there heard hasn't people. been any critics. How many people have said, "Oh, I don't believe the NFL measurement test." I honestly, that has to come from Dean. Must be floating on Facebook and saw it on one of those uh, Russian, like Russian bot things. Because there's not anybody with the like, right mind saying that. You think like uh, Drew Locke hired the Russians to try and uh, make misinformation float around? Hired Blevins. Blevins might be on the take. Maybe he's on the take with Drew, with Drew Luck. Blevins is a Russian? Or Drew Locke. Yeah. Drew Luck. Maybe. It's Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, yes. Maybe Andrew Luck is afraid. To he's going to... I Actually, I bet it would be... It would have to be somebody like... Uh, you know, somebody desperately hanging on in the NFL, a quarterback. Like a Ryan Tannehill. Maybe he's the one behind this. I can see that. He's scared that Miami's going to try and... Make a move up or something? Maybe Eli Manning. Possibly. Pat Shermer was there yesterday. I don't know, though. I, I guess we can get into it later, but... But, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's the NFL Combine. He got measured. The one place that you go to get measured where everybody can say, okay, they do it right. Like, that's it a, was the NFL Combine. Why are we still doing that's this? That's a new take <laughs> that I really appreciate this year is that they don't believe the NFL Combine's measuring system. Has that ever happened before? Has there ever been a player that... How did the NFL Combine become fake news? Yeah, people don't want to believe it. But they only question Kyler. Holy That's shit. That's right. Like, is <laughs> Kyler Murray's the only person in the history of the NFL Combine to be measured yeah. and somebody say, oh, okay. Baker got measured at the Combine two years ago. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And that's it. We, we stopped talking about it because they, the NFL has nothing to hide. It's so strange. And it's even more strange that people keep talking about it what a month later or 15 days later is it well who's talking about it really yeah it's true one old <laughs> they're all cut from the same cloth aren't they <laughs> like it, it, he blevins is not charlie casserly damn close so five six years He's a local version of charlie casserly he might be maybe charlie casserly is his, actually his father it is funny though that like all that Casserly stuff did that come over come out over the weekend as far as like his self interest because he runs yes, a quarterback right. uh -huh. question camp or whatever an interview academy First off, preparation you shouldn't service. be drafted if you're hiring Casserly to give you advice on how to answer some of these questions just straight up you should you should be kicked to the side did you hear the uh, stuff that WFAN did yeah yeah we've uh, I I we played that this week it was ridiculous i'm not a, i'm not the biggest fan of boomer esiason but it was funny well and it, it was the other guy it was though, right? boomer doing it though so that's why it was so funny yeah uh here's here's His daughter's hot though is she she know uh Lori laughlin's daughter she's really hot I, did you see the story that came out that she was vacationing on the boat on the, the yacht the, yeah the, the yacht, yacht <laughs> of the uh the head of the regents the board head of board of regents we can talk chairman. about this too but I think rich people should be allowed to do what they did. Uh, here's some of that uh, funny stuff. This is an impersonation of Charlie Cashley and his uh, 
his uh, criticisms of Kyler Murray. He's a mouth breather. Are you familiar with those people where they walk around with their mouths open like, oh, that's what I believe him to be. Kyler Murray is a mouth breather. And I've spoken to several people who have made text message contact with him, and he misuses emojis. Very confusing emoji user. And his Instagram story game, below average. <laughs> he is not on the Odell Beckham Jr. Instagram story level. And I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I went on to say he smelled like soup, uh, and he was a short dummy. It's pretty good. They, Anytime that Casserly can be the butt end of a joke, I'm for it. Bob Stoops came up to me, and he said, uh, oh, you guys uh, out here getting some stuff for your morning show. And I said, uh, well, if, if Charlie Casserly just keeps talking, we got plenty to talk about. Yeah, I was standing there. He didn't uh, seem like he was much of a fan. I just didn't think he was baffled by it. I think everybody was. Because, and we talked about it on the last podcast, but I don't think anybody's ever said that Kyler Murray is like the goal or the ideal captain. Because he's not. No. But if that's to bring that up and act like it's a red flag is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. They're grasping at something that just isn't there. Well, the other thing was the other big topic was Kyler not running Kyler, not doing the testing. Uh, and I really think this is like a vanity thing for us, not yes, just us, but is. for <clears throat> fans. Yes, too. Like we just would love to know, like 100%. it's just like losing out on the, Marquise Brown versus Kyler Murray race like we th- that's been a burning question forever who's faster and like if, if Kyler Murray could run a 4-3-5 just the holy shit factor I mean that's right. like, you just went like I made this analogy this morning we're all being selfish we yes, just want to see exactly it, it would just be like it. it would be like you want to know if like Mike Tyson in his prime could he have broken one of those punching machines like oh, like at, at bars or whatever yeah, that uh, come down <laughs> Yeah, probably. Like, would he hit the maximum on one of those machines? Absolutely, 100%. If, if there was a maximum, would he hit it? You just Absolutely. want to see it. Like, that's just one of those things. Like, you just like numbers. You like putting numbers to people. Like, could he run like a 4-3-1? Would it be a 4-4? Like, you just want to know. And the only, Nobody's not saying that he's not fast. I no, mean, he's going to, whatever he runs is going to be the fastest the quarterback's ever run. Well, and that's why people, it's it's bragging rights for fans. Uh, and here's here's Lincoln Riley uh, explaining kind of why it doesn't matter to him or to scouts. For him, it's just a it was just a matter of does it make sense to run and do all those things? And I mean, not that everybody can do this, but I mean, he's athletically so far beyond anything in this game and anything in that league either at that position that there's just really honestly not much point to it. I mean, that's – and when you've got to get ready to throw, you know, which is when you don't do it at the combine, which you chose not to do, then, you know, you certainly want to don't do anything that, that hinders that. You can risk injury. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen when you do all that different testing. So his quickness and speed, I think the tape speak for themselves and really wasn't going to – there really wasn't anything to gain from him doing that today. And here's Kyler on the same thing. I knew I wasn't going to run for a while. Uh, just you know, kind of leaving the combine, seeing how everybody felt about me, and just you know, getting the, getting advice from Coach Riley. Uh, you know, he's obviously talked to some coaches in the league, and just um, I also didn't want to, I didn't want to pull anything before I got the chance to even throw. So, no, those are just some of the reasons why. Why don't you think that that hurts you? Why don't I yeah. think? Uh, just because, I mean, I. I you know, I think that you know, I'm pretty confident in my abilities uh, as far as running. You know, I think people, you know, the film kind of speaks for itself. Uh, you know, I would, I would love to get out there and run, but you know, it's just it's not not as necessary as uh, I don't think it's that necessary for me. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's just the decision that we came up with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean. The, I expect to run a four three anyway, so uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what what it's gonna do for me. I mean, you watch the film. It's gonna make you look cool. Exactly. 
after listening to that yesterday, there's no doubt that Riley told him, yes. you don't need to run. Right. You're I, not running. Guys, am I wrong? Or are you guys a little bit shocked at how much Riley had his fingerprints on, on OU's Pro Day? And the players, like, what, like how much input he had on what they should and shouldn't do? It was I. It was kind of interesting like because way more than Bob ever uh, Bob had his fingerprints just, on it. This kind of sounds harsh, but it was like once you were done, you were done here. You know, it's like you go do your own thing, pretty much. Yeah, well, he'd let you. You know, you 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 were you were a pro now. You yeah. were. This was time for you to make big right. boy decisions. So Bob had his own way of kind of loving you up and is letting it, you do it. Like is he it was different? Let go. Be, is it different because Riley's still kind of a, the quarterback coach in him? Still wants to have a little bit of say in Murray, like they have that tight of a relationship. Even with uh, last year with uh, Mayfield, I never really remembered Riley having a like. It almost seemed like Riley helped script the pro day workout for Murray. As far as cause yeah. he was talking about like the types of throws that well, they he wanted to make, definitely helped. You know, arrange. He, I mean, well, here's an example. Okay, so this helps us move on to something that that is kind of interesting about yesterday is that Charleston Rambo uh, participated in the pro day. And this is another thing. Like, when you hear them talk about Rambo being a part of it, and then it was clear that Lincoln Riley was like, Kyler Murray basically admitted, I went to Lincoln for it, and he just decided who it was going to be. Like, here's Lincoln Riley talking about, uh, you know, the receivers in general and Charleston Rambo. You know, Baker had a little bit bigger crew, you know, and we had a few more guys working out at the pro day last year, you know, where we had to kind of piece Kyler's together a little bit, you know, brought uh, great to have Geno Lewis in town, you know, some great Sooners, Jarvis Baxter, great to have him, uh, great to have, have him back, thought he did a great job. We even brought up Charleston Rambo from uh, from our team to just to make sure we had enough bodies. So there was actually a lot of limited time for Kyler uh, to work with these guys, and uh, I thought Considering the limited prep for it, not, I mean, it was it was pretty darn sharp. What would you think of Rambo? Rambo did great. You know, he he got out of class. We had to golf cart him over, warm him up, and then he you know he jumps onto a pretty big stage. So for a young cat, yeah, he jumped in there and did well. Okay, so here's here's why Rambo could could do it. This is the NCAA bylaw. Yeah, they don't miss class. It's conducted on your campus. No contact. No protective e, uh, equipment, and the amount of time is included in that student athlete's daily and weekly limits. Yeah, so I mean, they might have to take him off the practice field right. a little bit earlier than everybody else. Correct, because he did do that, and that's probably why they didn't want CD Lamb doing it. Yeah, Jalen Hurts needs a CD time. It was funny. I walked out of there yesterday thinking. Charleston Rambo is the second best player on the field today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Joel Blumenthal was pretty damn good. Oh, he had a hell of a day. He's gonna, I. He's gonna bill a check his way into the league. I definitely think that he will be invited to a some type of mini camp or training camp yeah, or right. something. I mean, he's not gonna get drafted or anything no, like that. But no. uh, he had a hell of a day from, a an athlete, from an athlete side. He caught a couple balls and had really nice. Like he played quarterback his entire career. I guess he played wide receiver for a year last year at Swasu. But did you know? I, did you know I grew up sitting next to his dad at OU football games? I think you've told me really? that before. Yeah. His dad. He, he was like a, a legendary he was radio a, he caller was a, too. He was one he? of those guys that was a caller to uh, WWLS back in the old days and made his way into a hosting role. It's unbelievable. Mobile oh. Dave. I've known Joel since he's a sophomore. Deer Creek. So, yeah, it was kind of a blast from the past to see, see Dave, him out there. Mobile Dave, if you're listening, I still have that photo uh, of you and your son. I've kept it forever. I actually brought He's it yesterday. going to blackmail you at some point. I actually <laughs> brought it yesterday thinking I might see you and I could give it to you. Uh, but, yeah, I've known Mobile Dave. I've known Joel's dad since I was a kid. It's wild. Small world. Uh... And then I know his sister dated an OU football player. I don't want to go into that because I don't know how that worked out. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on. Well, yeah, yeah. Gina Lewis, Jarvis Baxter, just a weird group of It was a weird group. But, you know, you need people. But that was the thing that we were talking about. Like, it's pretty clear that Lincoln was in charge of, you know, putting that all together for him. I think anytime you're... And maybe this was just because there were so many li- eyes on yesterday in Norman, but anytime 
kind of your baby or your program is in charge of it. I'm sure he wanted everything to run as smooth as possible because there were so many people. Okay, about the workout, let me throw this out to you guys. This is how I broke it down yesterday or today uh, when somebody asked me what I thought about the workout in general. I thought last year Baker's workout, you know, he did the kind of strange thing where he ran up and down the right? field. Yeah. But Baker in his pro day, we watched him throw the ball a lot uh, in games. I thought in his pro day, every throw that he made, he wasn't just going for accuracy, he was going for velocity. Like Baker was trying to whip that ball around to prove that he had to the everyone arm strength. that he mm-hmm. had the arm strength that was needed. I thought yesterday Kyler looked more like a guy that was just out there to play catch and be accurate. Place it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like no, I, was, I, I it wasn't an aggressive that, performance by Kyler. I think that's probably the best way to say it, for sure. And it, it kind of almost... But he has the arm strength he doesn't have. Like, he's he was so confident in his arm strength, he's like, I don't have to prove, you know, that I can whip it. It almost kind of is a representation of each guy. Like, Baker's was kind of wild almost. I don't know yeah, if wild is the right aggressive. word. I mean, but, yeah, aggressive is probably the better word. And Kyler's just more relaxed, more... This, this is, is this is me. This is what per, I do. It was kind of like their personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It it was very I guess representative of their characteristics. Of who they are. Yeah, yeah. of who they are as as people. But it I mean Murray just the thing about Murray is he does everything like just the way he throws the ball and the way the ball comes out of his hand is so effortless. Yeah. It's truly like some of those, some of those corner balls, and then some of the go balls, the way that the spiral on the ball, it just it looks different. It really is like very his, catchable. Is that one way to say it? It's like ba- Baker, and this is not a knock, but Baker maximizes every ounce of athleticism he has in his body, and and puts it out there on every time the ball is snapped, he puts it out there. Kyler is a guy like he has just he has talent in reserve. Like, he can turn it on. Even him at 75% is as good as everybody else. And then when he goes, when he has to, when he's forced to. I mean, like, you think back to some of those throws he made to Marquise Brown. Like, I think of the Iowa State throw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the one time I remember where I was just like, damn, Kyler really unleashed that ball there. Because I remember asking him after that game, like, is that the hardest you've ever thrown a football on on the field? And he's like, I don't really think about it like that. What about the the deep ball in the south end zone to – Marquise Brown against OSU. I think that was right before halftime. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sure was. Yeah, that was that was ripped out of there. Yeah, it's just like when you, when he needs to, or when he feels pressure, or I mean, it's like that throw against Alabama to Charleston Rambo. That was effortless on the run, fifty mm-hmm. yards, like nothing. Yeah, it was like it was nothing. It was just a flick of the wrist. Just flicked his wrist. But then there'll be times when he drops back, plants his foot, and just lets it fly. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah, it really lets it. I mean, we were standing there on the sidelines, and even some of the balls, you said he wasn't going for velocity, but, I mean, that thing's humming out of his hand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There was a couple that, I mean, I almost got hit by one. He made a couple of just beautiful deep throws. Yeah. He he can throw the football. I think we confirmed that or reconfirmed what we already knew. Did he talk about how Jim Jim Zorn came into the picture? That's a good question because well, yeah, I, I don't I have no he, idea. He talked about and it was real short and sweet. He just said, I've been working with him for about a month now. I wonder how they got hooked up though. Something maybe through Kevin? Did his dad well, know I mean, him somehow? Yeah, I mean I, <laughs> I wonder if his uncle is talking to him. After uh screwing over Rosenhaus and uh and the and that group baseball side i bet kyler didn't come out with a penny from that thing <laughs> i thought it was because whole... i think some of that all the money that he didn't have to give back yeah. probably went to his agents probably had to yeah mm. i thought it was hilarious the one shitty answer he gave yesterday was to the guy from the from the bay area talking about oh, uh, baseball yes if you got baseball out of your yeah. system yeah i thought that was great the guy had, actually came liked, all the way in from the bay yeah. area i actually liked his answer though it's like it's. I mean, it's kind of. He a, just said, "I'll always love." Baseball. Yeah, he's always yeah. gonna love it. It's kind of a dumb question, to be honest. Well, not if you're from Oakland. I think he's staying around for Saturday too. I just think you have a lot of A's fans that are still hoping he gets drafted poorly and gets pissed and decides to go back to baseball. Yeah, are they like op- they openly rooting for him to be terrible the next two, three years? Oh, I think so. so yeah, <laughs> he'll come Something back. tells the me the number nine pick in the draft. I mean, yeah. 
They're absolutely rooting Something for that. Something tells me that's not happening. Uh, okay. Um, a little bit. One of the things, and, and Bob, you wrote about this. You did a great notebook. It's up on the site now. Um, you focused a little bit on the guys that didn't work out because that's really probably, other than Cody Ford, that's probably the biggest story in this draft. I mean, Marquise Brown actually said uh, that he plans to go to the NFL draft. So, so he thinks he's a first-rounder. You don't want to be there a second day. He feels like he's still in good position, and uh, I actually asked him a little bit about that and Lincoln yesterday. Marquise, you think teams... Or have you got the impression that teams were kind of impressed by the fact that you had an injury that needed surgery, but you, you tried to give it a go? That, that yeah. I don't know, did you show people that you are a true team guy yeah. going through what you went through? Yeah, you know, a lot of coaches, they asked me, like, you know, well, why would you play? Like, you know, there's a lot at stake. But, you know, me, I, I came from, you know, nothing. So these guys gave me an opportunity. If we had another game after that, I would have played. So, you know, I just wanted to give them my all. And let's face it, uh, he knew he had a Liz Frank injury, which I think everybody had to know. You're not coming back from this. You need surgery in order. But he's like, no, I want to give it a month. I'm going to my hometown. Mm-hmm. I want to try and play. We're playing in the college football playoff. Uh, and Lincoln Riley talked a little bit about that as well, just what that meant then and what it means now going into the draft. It's their body. You know, it's not my body. It's their life. It's not my life. And so always their their health is always going to be at the forefront of everything that we do. That was a hard time for him just because he wanted to play in the game so bad, wanted to play well in the game. It was important to him for a ton of reasons. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the feedback from scouts, uh, GMs, head coaches, all that on Marquise has been him trying to gut it out is a positive because you're right. A lot of guys would have ducked out of that, but you know, a lot of guys don't place the value on the team like this kid does. So it's, uh, no, it's, uh, and it's not going to hurt him a bit. You know, that's everybody knows the kind of player he is. You turn on the tape, uh, he's the most dynamic receiver in this draft and has been a tremendous sooner for us. And you know what? There's probably not a better time in football now, right now, than with what happened with Antonio Brown, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. getting traded away. Like, I would think that a lot of GMs out there are like, oh, he's a non-diva receiver that's all about his team, uh, and he runs like a 4-3. I think we like that. It's going to be interesting to see what team... All those white owners sitting in there. Oh, part of the uh, Jerry Richardson. The old uh, school is what I'm getting at. Jerry Richardson, uh, Charlie uh, Casserly KKK Club. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't going there. They, It's going to be interesting because he's not going to be able to work out or anything for a team. Like, There's going to just have he to be a team do anything until he, that until he rises. trusts that yeah, he's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, him him and Rodney. It's so interesting. I I think Rodney, I mean... It, I would rather take a chance on Marquise Brown. I mean, this is probably obvious, but I mean, I'd rather take a chance on a wide receiver than a running back that has I had three season-ending injuries. The value of a wide receiver is definitely, well, you thought that until this week, more than a running back. Always, I mean, in today's NFL. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It it, it will be interesting, though, because it, it didn't it almost seem like he's been told by a team that we're taking you? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really thought like, about why that. Why would but, you go to the draft? I don't know. Maybe you just want to go for the experience. You don't, you don't want to be that guy. That's you don't want to be the, the guy room. sitting in the green room, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. No, be interesting. Are we all still on board as far as thinking? Do you read anything? Do you read into any of the questions about Arizona not sending anybody? It's interesting. That, yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's almost like I do. Are think- they overplaying their hand? Are they like we're going to take him number one? If we send people, it's going to be obvious. I mean, they definitely have to have a personal workout with him, right? I think they're so worried about devaluing Josh Rosen's trade value. They're doing everything they can to make it look like they're not in play to take him number one. It's going to be interesting. Because to be honest, really, what, like, and Kyler was very weird about someone asked him, when's the last time you talked to Cliff? (laughs) Yeah. I, I like that question from Garen yesterday. It kind of caught him off guard, I think. He stammered for a while, and then he said he texted me a couple days ago. I almost feel like he texted him that morning. <laughs> like, good luck. 
or something. He probably texted him after the Giants met with him. What'd they ask you? Give me, I need to know. <laughs> I talked to somebody yesterday that said that he knows somebody that covers Arizona, uh, you know, covers the Cardinals mm-hmm. on the beat, and he said he thinks they're keeping Rosen. He thinks it's, this whole thing's a smokescreen. I mean, look, it is to to give up on a quarterback that you just drafted in the first round a year ago. It's a bad look, but you can still get a lot for him, right? Like, he, Rosen hasn't done anything to make someone think this kid's going to be a bust. You can't get what you or got. is that for, basically what Arizona's saying when they trade him away? You can't get what the Giants just got for Beckham. Not even close. I don't know. Did they get much? A first and a third rounder this year. Yeah, but if, if you're rolling and with... And Jabril Peppers. If you're rolling with Cliff, you got to go with Cliff Scott. I agree. So, you've made that call. If they don't, they're kind of dooming Cliff Kingsbury. Exactly. If he has to work with Rosen and he doesn't necessarily want to, then you're bound to just be a failure for the next two, three years before you fire and have to start all all back over again. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be... There are people that are... I mean, the Giants look like they're willing to blow it up. Uh, the Cardinals are in an even worse position. They need to just blow it up. Blow it up, get Sterling Shepard out of there first. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel bad for that guy. Man, he's, he's still a newlywed. He's probably doing okay. Okay, uh, anything else you guys wanted to hit on that you stood out? I guess Curtis Bolton is something we should talk about. 38-inch vertical yesterday. What was his 40 time? 4-5? I think that's right. Four, five, I think that's right, yeah. Something? 4-5, I think that's right. Here's, he's a guy that, I mean... Here's my thing with Bolton. I think everybody knows that I loved him as a player here, but if there's not, I don't know, if, if there's not a spot for er, an Eric Stryker like guy in the league, mm-hmm. how's there a spot for Curtis Bolton? Curtis Bolton was truly an inside linebacker. Like, he was a guy that would stick his head in there. Eric Stryker was just an edge, a speed edge rusher that wasn't yeah. big enough. I, like, just, I question whether Vaughn Miller was big enough. He is. He, I yeah. mean, and he's more diversified as a pass rusher. Eric Stryker, all he did was use his speed to run around the edge of a giant tackle. Okay, I'll say he didn't have any I'll inside moves. Way. I just don't see Curtis Bolton making tackles in the NFL. I know that's harsh, but I see him making tackles more than um, I hate to say this, but uh, than D. Alexander. Yeah, Dominique had a decent career, I guess. I mean, a couple years. Is his career over now? Is he even with the team anymore? Is he still with I the Browns? I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. After he I, got cut, I'm not sure if he got picked back up. But I mean, he made it a few years in the league. Jordan Evans is making it in the league. He was back for pro day. There won't be anybody that says, "No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't want to take any type of chance on this guy." I think that he'll get rave reviews. I would think, I think from he'll the be staff a third just day as far as a guy for that, somebody maybe special. Do so you teams think he or, will get drafted? I, I just don't really? see like seventh round. No. Somebody taking a flyer. I don't know. I think you can get some value there as an undrafted free agent, but I hope he does. Maybe he will. Well, I think he was in that spot before the workout, but with as many people there as well as he did, I mean Lincoln Riley thinks he's got a chance. Well there's no doubt that everybody kind of benefited from the show that was the Kyler Murray thing, just with as many eyeballs that were in that building yesterday. What about Imani Bledsoe? That's the one I thought I'm, he had a I'm pretty good day. About. Yeah, I thought he had a pretty good day. He got the most gift-worthy moment that Eddie caught. Yeah, <laughs> knocked the shit out of that student, student manager. manager. Block or charge? I think it was a charge. His feet. It is, like you said, it's March. It's got to be a charge. It'll be interesting though. I I don't think anybody walked out of yesterday. That hurt themselves, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Just overall. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I kind of thought Cody Ford was going to improve his bench, but I don't. It, how big of a deal is that really? What was his bench? Because I, I, I thought it was 21 and then he only got 20. Okay. That's not terrible, though. And I think he said that he wanted to try and get around 23 or 24, but maybe he still has a little bit of a shoulder issue. All right, so we had pro day, but we're also in the middle of spring football right now. We've had two post-practice opportunities. Uh, Our most recent was Tuesday, and that was with the offense. And that was really our first chance to talk to Lincoln Riley about the way uh, the defense has been going three practices in. And here's what he had to say. 
Yeah, I've uh, been impressed with how much, you know, they've been able to do defensively, that, you know, despite not having much time with them on the field or in the meeting room yet. So I, I, he's got a great way of teaching that, you know, it's it can present a lot of different ways to offenses, but it's it's – I don't say simple, but it's he does a good job of making it as simple as possible for his players, his other coaches, and so you know they're able to get a lot in and they're able to do a lot, and and so the scheme part I think has been on or ahead of schedule, and then uh, the the effort, the just kind of that extra it factor that you have to have to play great defense regardless of what your scheme is. You see, you're starting to see it pretty consistently, you know, with our group over three practices. And so we've got to be able to build on it and maintain, but it's been a, I think it's been a really good start. And I love the, I just love the mindset and the vibe of just everything on that side of the ball right now. So, you know, talking to the defense, I think the one thing that we kind of learned that was interesting or kind of um, sets a little bit of a tone for this defense is Trey Norwood starting nickelback, not starting corner which means either uh, they're all in on Parnell Motley and Trey Brown. I think it's probably more the other way around. Uh, Or maybe Buki and Parnell Motley are fighting for a corner spot now. Yeah, when we talked with Buki, he mentioned safety and nickel. He hadn't mentioned corner just just yet. But but again, that was the very first day of practice. Yeah. So they could be tinkering with things. But they did say that they're trying him in all different places. They're trying a lot of different things. And we've talked about that before, the balance, the balancing act of going through that trial and error process when you're at 15 practices and you're trying to install stuff. So we'll see how it progresses with Grinch and, and the defense during this, these next couple weeks. The two guys that are most interesting to me in that defense, we talked a lot about, uh, and it seems solidified. I mean, I asked Alex Grinch directly, what do you think of Caleb Kelly? He made it clear he's a will. I mean, he's playing will and sometimes they keep him in as the nickel. So he's essentially playing that, that position that they had planned to move him to last year when he was redshirting or technically redshirting. So they what does see that it, mean for they see it the same way? D- Deshaun White. I know. That, that's, Odd man out. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Well, it means two things. It means he can he can actually have a legitimate competition for that starting middle linebacker spot, and Kenneth Murray has a legitimate shot of getting beat out of a starting position. That's what it, it should mean. Which is a shame the way he wears a uniform. I know. I told somebody... What was that? Tuesday when we were yes, standing, standing there? there. Yeah. Like, how is this guy not good at football? He's not great at football. Okay, that's fair. He can be where he's supposed to be part of the time. He's just not great at making it finishing. How could that guy that looks like that not be a finisher? That's the question. Sure. Just from standing there, it was kind of funny. You know, we're standing there waiting to go in for practice, and they're still out there on the field, and Riley says he likes the vibe of it. It did sound louder. I don't know if that means. I mean, obviously, that's not equating to wins or anything like that, but they're at least out there, I don't know, playing with a spirit. I don't know if that was there. Well, and, then, and maybe it, that's just part of going through the process of welcoming in three new coaches. You're, yeah. You know, you're not going to – you don't want to get on their bad side, so you're going to buy in and do everything you can. I, I mean, my my feel is they probably have better feedback from these coaches than they did the previous staff whether it's Roy Manning or Brian Odom or uh, Alex Grinch. I mean, they're probably getting coached hard, but they probably feel like they're a little bit more, not maybe even their age or, you know, that they're, they identify with them a little bit better. Maybe than the, because the previous staff was kind of older and set in their ways. Yeah. And, but here was the thing I was getting at earlier, uh, got sidetracked by the linebacker discussion. I think it's a huge spring for two guys, and and they could totally reshape this defense. Chance Sylvie and Delarian Turner Yell. Both guys that, well, Sylvie obviously battled through injury, never was on the field last year, and then. And then Robert Barnes is included in that, but he's not practicing. He's rehabbing. Just from the pictures, they look great physically. I mean, I think I commented during the season that. You know, Sylvie'd be out there before games running around and doing things. It's like, that, that dude's huge. Yeah, he's, he's jacked. And Turner yells the but same way. can they way. play? Can they play? If they can, I don't, I don't, if you they can't can, answer it right now. There's not gets, enough to think that they can. If they can, this defense or, gets better in a hurry. There's no, there's no reason to think that they can, I guess I should say. Yeah. They haven't done anything yet. 
Okay, so uh, the other thing besides the defense that is uh, three practices in, everybody wants to know, hey, what about all those young receivers, Lincoln? Well, I, and I would not say three. I'd say four with Austin Stogner. I mean, there wasn't a more highly recruited tight end in the country than him. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it is unique. I mean, they're, they're you know, physically all of them are, are good enough to be able to help you soon. I mean, which we thought they probably would be, and they are. Um, It'll, you know, mentally, how do they continue to prepare? How do they prepare their bodies? How do they handle all the transitions? I mean, there's still a lot of question marks out there on these guys, but there's no doubt the capabilities there. And, you know, you like like what we've seen of them thus far. If they can, if they can improve on a steady rate, and that could be a pretty special, a pretty special uh, quartet of guys there. And talking to Grant Calcaterra, everybody always asks me, okay, what which one of those three guys do you think is going to make the the quickest impact? But talking to Grant Calcaterra, I might my answer might be Trajan Bridges just because he said one thing that I thought was really interesting. He said, I asked him about the young guys. He said, well, Trajan's the one guy that's in the room with me at inside receivers. And OU is lacking in quality inside receivers. I mean, they've got CeeDee Lamb on the outside. Rambo. They, got, they got Rambo. They got Charleston Rambo yeah. on the outside. A.D. Miller. Stop it. I was going to say, no matter what, you're not allowed to Stop mention it. A.D. Miller. Damn you, Illinois. But, no, I mean, look, I Theo Weese is a difference maker. He could he could jump up there. They haven't had freshmen that look like that. <laughs> not, no at doubt, wide, no. not at the wide receiver position. No, for sure. But I'm just Shit, saying. Shit, I think Hazelwood looks pretty damn good from just does. the pictures I've seen. Yeah. Um, but you weren't there. But. Uh, Trajan Bridges, he not only has ability, but he has opportunity. And that's always key. Yeah, I mean, between him and Jaquil and Crawford, it'd be interesting to see who ends up being the first guy. I kind of discounted Michael Jones at this point. Golly. Not not sure if he's ever going to turn that corner. But if Crawford or Bridges, I mean, those... Those bring some explosive traits. And you've got Nick Basquin, but he's seen. not technically eligible yet. Which is weird, right? Well, the NCAA cleared him. Like, they actually had to go through the process of the NCAA clearing him to work out and be a part of team activities. But he's still not cleared uh, to participate. He's got a strong case. You can't see this being Well, that's the thing denied. he told me the other day is, like, Lincoln believes that they're going to win this case, and that's why he's sticking with him and letting him practice. And then you got Drake Stoops. I mean, you got bodies, but you, right. if you're truly special... You've got opportunity. And then we'll see what happens with those guys outside. Uh, outside of that, we all know Creed Humphrey is out. And uh, I thought this was a pretty interesting answer by Lincoln uh, the other day when he was asked about the offensive line and how things are going. It's, uh, it's, it's been interesting. Um, <laughs> like, like it normally is this time of year, even if you got four guys coming back. Uh, you know, with Creed out. Especially, I mean, we feel that right now because it's created. What it's created is almost all of a sudden a guy like Bray Walker, who's repped all tackle, you know, his whole time here, has to go in and play some guard. All of a sudden, a guy like Tyrese Robinson, who, you know, has been a guard here his entire time, has to go in and play center. All of a sudden, you know, we've had to move Finley Felix around some. I mean, it's just what it's created is some movement to get the reps that we wanted. In the long term, it's going to be phenomenal for these guys. In the short term, we're going to have we're going to have some tough moments, especially here in spring, as we, you know, get used to all the different things we're doing defensively, and as we just get settled a little bit on the O line. So, it'll get there. I mean, there's talent. There's a you know, we've got good coaching, we've got good talent, we've got a good scheme. It's going to get there, but it's going to be a process. And uh, but with that group, kind of like the whole group, there's you can turn on the film, and there's there's steady progress right now. So we just got to keep that up. And before we break that down, let's listen to Bill Biedenboe talk on the same subject. Recruited well, you've got talent. Did, is, did you just kind of have to prepare yourself that it was going to be inconsistent? You're just going to have to deal with that day in and day Well, you know, you, you know it's probably going to be that way. You don't accept it, you know. I mean, you just got to, you know, keep coaching the guys, keep pushing them. Yeah, there's going to be some growing pains, obviously. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. You got young dudes that – you know, I've never played, really. I mean, there's some guys that have, you know, gotten some backup time when the game's not really on the line. So, you don't know. And then, you know, you're moving guys around. I mean, 
you know, guys that hadn't played positions. We got some walk-ons in there. They're out there battling and competing, but, you know, obviously we got to, you know, continue to improve, and we have from the first day. It wasn't very good, you know, but it's gotten better the second day and the third day. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, they just got to keep improving. You know, everything is new to them, Every, everything that happens out there. And then, you know, our defense is doing a good job. They do a lot of things. So every day is something new. It's things that they have never seen before. So it's just, you know, continue to work, continue to study, put the time in, and they'll get better. I believe he said uh, someone asked about Eric Swenson, and they were kind of getting the who's playing guard, who's playing tackle. Uh, and I think Eric Swenson got banged up and said he'd been out, but he'd be back after spring break. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, but I mean, we all we all, we talked about it before. Like Tyrese Robinson is, is moved from guard to center. Uh, Bray Walker has moved from left tackle to left guard. Although even Bill, you know, he's he's quick to say, "Look, we understand he's a tackle. Like we're not idiots. We're not going to waste a great. <laughs> they, they need bodies player. in places. Yeah, but they, they they just need guys to play certain places and and get it all figured out." Uh, and then Adrian Ely uh, is out there too. So, you know, Bill's a tinker. He always tinkers. I mean, he's going to find a lineup at some point. Yeah, they got what is it? March fourteenth. They got twelve more practices. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking like six months before oh. they really got to figure something out. Oh yeah. I guess five and a half. But still, I mean, I I don't think anybody's panicking. And they over don't there. have Creed Humphrey, who can tell everybody what the hell to do. What about? Uh, this is kind of a side note on spring football, but, you know, Bob, they were able to get R.J. Proctor. I think that's going to be a little bit maybe more important than people realize, just yeah. as far as adding depth. Yeah, I he mean. started 12 games at Virginia. He can't be just terrible, right? You you look at his numbers, and you're like, only started 12 games. He was injured a lot. So if he can stay healthy, he'll add depth. He'll add experience, things of, of that nature. And what you liked about uh, Proctor, I had a chance to talk with him, is he – he understands he's not set in stone to be the starter. I think at the grad transfer, a lot of those guys want, hey, I'm going to start, right? Or else there's no reason that I'm coming here. It's kind of like the kid from Rice that sucked at Texas. Yeah. I Calvin mean, Anderson. You think about that. If Calvin Anderson comes, Cody Ford never emerges. If if you go with that logic, that yeah. Cal- Calvin Anderson is coming in I think to Bill Beanbow watches Calvin Anderson a couple practices. Like, nah, <laughs> thanks for coming. But we're straight. Yeah, when you look at uh, Proctor, someone who can help at guard, he's played all five spots, but he made it pretty clear. Bill Beatonbow, Lincoln Riley have told him he'll be a guard when he gets to Norman, so that'll help with Robinson, Marquise Hayes, and guys of that nature. But, yeah, you look at Michael Thompson. That's another guy that Bill mentioned at left at left tackle. Seemed to be really surprisingly yes, pleased surprisingly with surprisingly pleased yeah. at where he's at from where we thought he would be at this point. So, a lot of bodies to see who emerges. Uh, I thought it was interesting, too. Finley Felix is a guy he said really helps him because he can move around and play a lot of different positions. And that's kind of what a Juco brings you. Just some versatility. What did you think of him when you saw him out, out at practice? Did he, you make any comment? He, did you say something about him? It looks like somebody put a little boy's head on top of a giant man. <laughs> he's a big old kid, isn't he? He's huge, but he's got a baby head. But it's he's like, from Coffeeville, like, so, so it's wonder where they, wonder where they had to get a. It's like if he were Deadpool and he got his head cut off, and it's gro- it's like only three fourths of the way grown back. One of those. Uh, what are those? Uh, you haven't watched any Deadpool, have no. you? No. I don't think. The, oh no! Yeah, I have. Deadpool. The, I watched the first baby one. Baby arm, baby hands, and baby legs are the <laughs> best things that Marvel has ever done. Actually, maybe I haven't. I don't know. Deadpool two is fantastic. You've it seen was. it, right? Oh yeah. What is, De- is Deadpool the movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I saw, Ryan Reynolds. I saw the first yeah. one. Okay. See, that's a Marvel movie that you should like. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it was good. Deadpool two is even better. That should be a that's a Eddie, that should be an Eddie approved Marvel flick. Okay, we we all know you're not going to see Captain Marvel. Yeah, I don't think I'll be seeing that. Um, but no, I mean, look, it's going to be interesting to watch it all play for it uh i did kind of hear like Jalen hurts was running for his life in the scrimmage they had saturday uh and then it didn't look good and i think that's why you hear lincoln that was on that was tuesday right yes. mm-hmm. so lincoln almost started laughing when he was asked about the offense line now i mentioned Jalen hurts and i probably i could have led with him we've kind of buried him in here in in our our segment 
Oh, uh, by the way, he's still around. Well, that's because we can't talk to him until next Thursday. So, but it's hard. It it was a chance for Lincoln to kind of talk about a guy that he's now worked with over three practices, and he got that question about you know it's the question you have to ask, and I loved Lincoln's response, which was kind of are you shitting me? Like somebody asked, what about? I think it was Kersey. He asked about what what kind of arm does Jalen Hurts have? Oh, he's he's fine. I mean, he makes every throw he needs to make. I mean, he's very capable of, like we felt on tape and, and through evaluations, he's very capable of doing everything we want him to do in the throw game. I think more now it's just going to be, and I'd do anything with him physically, a guy can throw the ball. It's just, he's just got to learn how we want everything done and, and, you know, getting on the same page with our receivers and getting on the same page with our scheme and what we want. He's he's progressing fast. There's no doubt about it, but it's, it's going to kind of, it'll be a race um, to, and I'll see how much he can progress because he does have such a short time here. Here's a little bit more uh, on Jalen. Lincoln, could you, can you describe kind of what you learn about a quarterback when you watch him on film and see him play for other programs versus when you get him in your offense and what you kind of learn different about a guy in that situation? Yeah, you kind of relearn everything. I mean, you evaluate these guys, whether it's at another college or their high school or their junior college, whatever it is, you evaluate them to see – if you think they're capable of running uh, what you want them to run. And then once you make that decision to bring them here, then it's then it's you're learning everything about them. I mean, in the meeting room, on the field, uh, how they process, what they see, what they like, uh, fundamentally, you know, where they're at, where they need to grow. I mean, they're just you, – you just – it's kind of like a, a restart, you know, in a lot of ways. So – but it's a fun process. It's fun getting to know these guys. It's fun – Seeing what makes them tick, seeing what they're good at now, seeing what they need to improve on, and we're, you know, we're making up ground quickly. But we just gotta, you know, we can't waste a day right now. It, uh, I'm really interested to see this guy run OU's offense at some point. Just what it's gonna look like. If they can take care of everything up front, I think it. And again, I mean, I, I feel like we've said this the last couple of years. I don't think they're gonna be able to do what they did last year, but it's gonna be pretty damn good, I think. Thank you. I mean, serviceable is probably not even the best way to put it. More than serviceable. Like I know you can't do this. Guy's a good quarterback. But Lincoln wants to pack the stadium. Just need to keep re-hitting home. Like you're going to be able to see Jay. You're going to be able to see Jalen Hurts <laughs> play quarterback at Oklahoma. Like that's all. I don't. I know it's and it's it's not unfair criticism when people say it's vanilla. It's boring. It's you know we don't really see anything. They don't really do anything. It's all you know. It's all just. Melba toast or whatever, but I mean, look, this is a little different. Seeing Jalen Hurts, a guy that you know of, you know he's led a team to a national championship game, and now he's playing in an entirely new offense of what this could mean for uh, Lincoln Riley's reputation as a developer of quarterbacks. Like, man, that's intriguing. That's an intrigue. That's something I want to go see. I'd pay ten bucks for that, especially not, if it was not nice Lee out. Bryce, but especially if it was nice out. What if Jalen Hurts came out and said, I love Lee Bryce? That's why they got him? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes of... you get black guys that like riding horses like Rashawn Woods and fishing and stuff. Yep, for sure. Do we know Jalen Hurts is not a country boy? We don't. Can't say that. I, I mean, we'd have to talk to him at some point. Channel View is a little remote, isn't it? I have no idea. There's some weird suburbs in Houston. Did you see that thing about the guy with the horse and his pickup truck? The other day, that mm. was on uh, High Noon. Like, Bavani Jones was like, oh, I've seen this in Houston before. I did not. I missed that. I don't think that he is. I don't think he's a country guy. But I just said, boy, that's kind of... You got to... Sound like a jazz that. fan. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. I know. <laughs> no one go racist? full, Shane. Yes. You don't want to go Shane. Well, country boy <laughs> and boy are two different things. Cut me some slack. All right. Uh, Josh is uh, noticeably not here today. He's not yell talking. There's no yell talking on the podcast today. Um, he is going to be in Houston this weekend. He's got this week off kind of doing uh, dad duties. Uh, but I know, you know, that is an area. New uh, Orleans. New Orleans. What did I say? Houston. Houston. New Orleans. We've been, you know, to New Orleans before for camps. Uh, and it's always just a little handful of guys here or there. Uh, 
and you know Texas A and M and and LSU have kind of become the biggest players in that part of the country, along with you know Georgia here and there, um, or maybe a Florida. But I don't. I, is that kind of where is OU in terms of New Orleans, Louisiana right now, Bob? I know. I mean, that's a very good question because you look at the roster. There's only three kids from from the state. None of them since uh, after the 2016 or 2017 class. Adrian, Ely. Dwayne Orso, Backus, and I mean, geez, that Joseph Paul that was a while ago. Wow. Courtney those are kids Garnett. That, those Garnett. are kids that we saw the week of OU Alabama Sugar Bowl practice yes. at practice. That's yes, the Jerry Montgomery factor. It's electric. Or uh, searching for Hulk Arthur. M- oh Arthur, yeah, well, Arthur he may or may. OU may or may not still have a player from the New Orleans area on their team. So, uh, just a note from from Josh. I mean, there are some 2020 kids. There's a, there's a few offers there, but he said the majority of what he'll be watching is 2021 and 2022. And so, I mean, that be something to really keep keep tabs on. Doesn't feel like OU has that foothold. It seemed like Jerry Montgomery tried hard to get into that state. And You know, the last time I was in New Orleans, who was the kid that put his hand through a plate glass window at LSU? Oh, the defensive uh, tackle? Trey, uh, it was long-ass, crazy-ass name. Trey, yeah, it was like love something. Some Samoan or... Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I remember seeing him there. And, and like, oh, yeah. he was in the mix. And, like, I was like... I mean, Oh, this kid's really good. That was back in the Dalen Mack days, I think. Yeah, Just I mean, that's that the 2015-2016 classes where OU was making an imprint. Now they fall, they've fallen off. So we'll see if Brian Odom or Grinch tries to go back in there. But Josh is excited to get, get out there see a lot of 2021-2022. Not so much 2020. Don't be expecting anyone to really pop out of the page there where OU looks like they have a realistic chance maybe one at best two but this is more about the future but we've got i mean all kinds of camps are coming up uh you know dallas is coming soon next weekend next weekend uh plus you got spring football going on uh pro day nfl draft i mean uh it's just going to be nuts around here so there's never been a better time to be a part of the site uh if you aren't uh please join us i mean that's kind of what we're using the podcast for right now is uh, reach some people that maybe aren't subscribers to Soonerscoop.com, and uh, you have all of Josh and Bob's recruiting information, all our team information from Bob, Josh, and or from me, Josh, me, Bob, and Eddie. I can't even keep anything straight. Uh, got you got it. Eddie's Scoop HD stuff. We got more and more stuff coming on the way. So, uh, podcast is only getting better. We got a the pile of crap is still sitting here that we have to take down to Houston for Josh. You have any idea when you're going to do that? No, because he's got he's got New Orleans this weekend, got Dallas the next weekend, and then he's got something else the weekend after that. I don't know. Plus, we got practice here, and probably after spring spring football is over, it better be toward the end of this month at some point. So anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys listening, but uh, hopefully uh, you got a good idea of everything that went on at Pro Day. Uh, plus, you know, much more to come. Uh, in regards to guys moving up, moving down. Carson Meyer, we got to see him yesterday. Stock up. Uh, by the way, I, I should have got some... Uh, it was very sad. Bob got stuck with someone else and did not get to get his first foot forward with Braden Willis, who is the new H-back extraordinaire at Oklahoma. Yeah. Are I, you off the H-back beat? I... I don't know. Or you just like I mean, white guys. I've really enjoyed being on that beat be that. for the last yeah. couple of years, but <laughs> Braden's a good, good interview, and, and he it, was, yeah. And it, it makes sense again if you've got Lee Morris and Grant, you're not going to get a lot of touches. You need someone to back up Hall. Braden fits that bill, and I think we all sort of agree that eventually Braden's going to pass up. Hall too. It's interesting. I mean, Carson Meyer did a great job, uh, but I mean, Hall has been a guy that I think just didn't work. Like you know, at least he wasn't along in the same vein as what they've had with Braden Willis, and now is it Michael Anderson? Is that the was the, who's the who's the kid the QB that just committed that's going to play H back? Mikey Henderson. Mike Henderson. Uh, boy, they're they're looking like they might have a, a little stockpile of H backs here moving forward. Yeah, and you give credit to Mikey for realizing that a H-back under Lincoln Riley might 
Trump being a quarterback at some mid mid major school because at all these camps he's going to he's still a quarterback which I don't know how well that's going to work out for us in terms of looking at what he can do because you don't want to see him in that position but he's got the intelligence to realize and he's been saying this for the last year H back is what they see me as and I'm totally fine with that because I trust Lincoln Riley is going to figure going to figure out the way to best use what I can do. Now, pro day behind them is it now kind of a race to get kids committed to come in for the spring game? It is. Staff? It is. I mean, you've heard Lincoln talk about it last week how they want to make it bigger and better. And then I start you start thinking about last year how there were so many commitments you knew were going to go down. You start wondering who could be those dominoes that are ready to fall that Friday, that that Saturday. I don't think you'll get as many as seven. Like you did last year, but for sure, I want they want to bring in some a lot of out of region prospects, and I think that's what Lincoln Riley is doing so well with the spring game is realizing some of those non regional kids can't come in during the fall either for the their high school playoffs, high school schedule, the way the weekends work out. So he's bringing them all in during April during the most stress free period and trying to make the most of it. I don't know if they'll get any of these guys. Hey, we didn't know Jaden Hazelwood would end up being someone yeah. who would show up for the spring game and then all of a sudden eventually come back to the Sooners. So it's definitely worth it. But again, you look at some of those out-of-region guys, very intriguing to see if it's too early, you know, like Chris Steele never, yeah. never got a second chance at him, or if it ends up paying off in the long run. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Unofficial 40, brought to you by the Choctaw uh, Casino and Resort in Durant. Uh, We'll be back again next week, uh, maybe have some updates from Josh on uh, Rivals Camp in New Orleans. We'll be preparing for the big Dallas camp. Uh, They'll have lots of prospects there, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, OU football. They'll be on spring break, but uh, as always, we'll have plenty to talk about. I'm sure Charlie Casterly will probably say something stupid by then, too. All right, thanks to uh, Eddie Radosovich. Thanks to Bob Pritzbillo. I am Kerry Morocco. We'll see you guys right back here. Uh, Same time, same channel on the unofficial 40 from SoonerScoop.com podcasts.